Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, if you're a first-time visitor visiting with us, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, we do have visitors cards in the pew in front of you. If you'd like to take one and fill it out, you just drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Um, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Um, just a few announcements for you. Uh, next Sunday will be Children's Sunday. Uh, parents, if you have children that are participating in this service, I'd ask that you get them here by 930 um, so that we can do a run through so that they'll know exactly when they need to come up on the platform and all that kind of stuff. Um, today is the last day to turn in registration and money um, for Deep Impact Kids. Um, so if you have a first through a fifth grader that would like to go to Deep Impact Kids, uh, please make sure to see me today. Um, Bread of Life will be having an outreach opportunity this coming Saturday. Um, if you cannot go to Bread of Life with us, there are different opportunities for you to participate. Um, you can bring snack cakes, individually wrapped chips, drinks in little bottles or cans, and we're collecting those in the little kitchen. Or uh, if you can come help on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, we'll be doing meal prep here at church. Um, so you can join us in the fellowship hall, or you can join us at Bread of Life at 11 o'clock. We will need help delivering the meals and serving the meal at Bread of Life as well. Um, so lots of opportunities for you to participate with us this coming Saturday. Um, and then something to keep in mind in your bulletin, you will see our Easter schedule. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit of a different schedule because we're starting really early. Um, so sunrise service will begin at 645. They will have breakfast at 715, Sunday school at 8, and then worship at 915. Um, breakfast casseroles are needed for that breakfast, so if you would like to make a breakfast casserole and bring it, um, that would be greatly appreciated. A few prayer concerns to share with you all this morning as well. Uh, Grant Smith is home from the hospital and he's doing well. He's resting at home. Um, Amy Godwin is still at UNC. We want to be praying for her. Um, Lacey McFarland, that is Richard McFarland's brother and Debbie McFarland's brother-in-law, passed away. Uh, the funeral for Lacey will be uh, this coming Tuesday, so visitation will be at 1 o'clock, and then the service will be at 2 o'clock, and that is at Solid Rock Community Baptist. Um, Robert McGeehee is home, and then uh, Linda Hunt will be having cataract surgery tomorrow, so please be praying for her as well. Will you go to God with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be in your house of worship this morning, Lord. God, I pray that you would just quiet our hearts now and so that we can focus on you. God, we want to lift up all these prayer concerns that we just mentioned. God, there are so many that need you. We just pray that you be with each and every one. Help us to focus on worshiping you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks be in my heart. I will enter his courts. 
take the hymnals and turn to number 276. Oh, Jesus, I have promised. Let's stand as we sing. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day, this first Sunday of a new spring season, and as all of your creation starts to show signs of a renewed life, Father, I just pray that each of us will show signs of a renewed faith in you, so that our fruits may be seen by others, and that they may know that you are God. And now, Father, I'd ask that you accept these offerings and these tithes, bless them, multiply them, and lead us and guide us as we use them to bless ourselves, this church, and this community. In Jesus' name, amen.
standing and turn to 279. Oh, Master, let me walk with thee. Well, good morning. How are you guys? Okay, if you say so. <laughs> okay, um, so I have two brothers. I don't know if y'all know that, but I do. I have two brothers. I have one, he's four years younger than me, and his name's Josh. And then I have another one, he's 10 years younger than me, and his name's John Mark. So when I was growing up, John Mark was like my little baby doll because I was 10 when he was born. And so I just loved to tote him everywhere, and he was my little fella. So John Mark, when he was growing up, he loved trucks. He loved all kinds of trucks, construction trucks, um, tractors, things that dug up dirt, all kinds of stuff. He was just fascinated by them. Do any of you guys like trucks? Okay then. No. Wait. My brother likes straws. Yeah, your brother does? Yeah. Okay. His name is Bo. Yeah, I know He's Bo. My yeah, Bo's a good guy. Um, so Bo likes trucks. That's pretty cool. You guys don't like Cash likes them. Okay, that's good. So one of um, John Mark's favorite trucks was the, the trucks that have the concrete in them because they spin. 
around. He thought that was pretty cool. You guys have seen those, right? Just say yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the concrete trucks were his favorite, and he used to love to watch those. Um, and he loved to watch people pour the concrete from the truck. Um, have you guys ever seen uh, a truck pour concrete for like a mailbox? Like if they're trying to put in a mailbox and they have to pour in the concrete to make it stand up straight? No. Okay. Well, um, that's what happens. The concrete truck has to pour the concrete in or you have to mix it together like in a wheelbarrow um, to help the, the mailbox stand up straight. That's how it keeps it in place, right? Or a flagpole. That's another example of something that they put concrete in the bottom to make it stand up straight. That's right. Well, today, Pastor Gary is going to be talking about um, standing firm in our faith. And in 1 Peter 5, and it's verse 9, it says this, excuse me, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So, Pastor Gary is going to be talking about standing firm. And so for me, when I thought about standing firm, I thought about that concrete truck and how it used to pour concrete into something to make it stand up straight, to make it stand firm. So how do we, as Christians, stand firm? What, do, what is the concrete that helps us to stand up straight and to stand firm? So if I was to ask you guys, what helps us to be able to know right from wrong as Christian people? What's something that we learn from? What The Bible? Yes, absolutely. We read the Bible, and the Bible tells us, this is like our manual for life, right? It tells us what to do and what we shouldn't do. What else, what else do we do that kind of helps to guide us to be able to stand firm in our faith? What do we do? Do we talk to God? Yeah. Through our prayers? Yeah. What about, what are you doing this morning? Where are you right now? At you're at church. Yes, absolutely. And you're learning more about Jesus so that when times come where people might challenge you or want you to do something wrong, you can stand firm and you can say, I, I know that's not right because I've been taught that's not right. And so I'm not going to do that. And you can stand firm for Jesus. Okay? All right. We're going to say a prayer. You ready? All right. God, I thank you so much for these children. I thank you that you do teach us how to stand firm and that you give us the tools that we need um, so that we can be solid in our faith, God. I pray that you just continue to teach us each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. selected verses from Psalm 55 today. I call on God and the Lord saves me. Morning, noon, and night I complain and groan and he listens to my voice. With his peace he will rescue my soul for, from the war waged against me because there are many soldiers fighting against me. God will listen. The one who has sat enthroned from the beginning will deal with them. They never change. 
they never fear God. Turn your burdens over to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will never let the righteous person stumble. But you, O oh God, will throw wicked people into the deepest pit. Bloodthirsty and deceitful people will not live out half their days. But I will trust you. Good morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we have come into this place. We have gathered here in your name. We have come to worship you. To praise your name above every name. We have sung hymns of standing with you and being glad in you. We've been reminded in the children's sermon of the need for a firm foundation for concrete in our life that helps us to stand straight. And Lord, we have gathered in this place to worship you, but we have come in all kind of ways today. Some of us are tired. Some of us physically tired. Some of us mentally tired. Some of us spiritually weary. We hear Paul say, don't grow weary in well-doing. But Lord, have you seen our calendar? Have you seen our schedule? Have you seen... the pace at which we have to live to accomplish all of that. And even now, we're, we're a little anxious being here because there's things got to be done this afternoon. Lord, may our prayer be we have gathered in this place. We have gathered in your name. And we have come to worship you. Lord, would you surprise us today by what happens in our life when we worship you? May we praise you, for we realize that you are our God. May we thank you, for we who are believers are aware of how you have worked in our life. May you challenge us as we worship you 
For when we see you clearly, we see ourselves better. And we will see the areas where your power needs to manifest itself within us. Lord, we've come into this place and gathered in your name to worship you. Receive our worship. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, choir. What a wonderful image. 
of our God who carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. And certainly he can carry us. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. And we will have finished our series from the book of Peter, the letter that Peter wrote. As we share from this text, you'll notice that we're going to read through verse 11, but verse 9 says, Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. The resisting him is speaking of resisting the devil. And standing firm in your faith is our text for today. It's what Peter was trying to tell the church as they were suffering. Sometimes I think if we talk too much about our suffering, it may pale in comparison to the suffering that was being experienced by the people in the New Testament who many, many lost their life to be able to pass the faith on to you and to me. So you and I worship today because others were willing to give their life that we might worship. And so when we read about their suffering, I want us to understand that. And then I also want us to understand that God knew he was going to bless us in America. He knew he was going to bless us with this great nation, with tremendous freedom, with the ability we have to come and to worship. And he knew that we would encounter a whole different set of issues because as long as we're in this world, there will be issues. And so, as we read these, I want us to hear Paul, uh, Peter say, stand firm. I want us to hear God say, stand firm. And I want us from the text to gain an insight as to how we might do that. So we're going to read 11 verses from 1 Peter chapter 5. If you're able, I would invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of God's Word. So I exhort the elders among you, a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, and you'll notice that's a capital S, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
takes off on that thought in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Would you pray with me? God, we're kind of at a pivotal point in our worship. A point where already your spirit is speaking and we're making some decisions about how we're going to engage with the Holy Spirit that's in this place. And when we encounter the Holy Spirit, we literally fall down and say, woe is me. And so, Lord, here we are at this moment. Will you speak to us through your word and through this worship? And shall we respond as you would teach us and encourage and challenge us to do so? Our prayers in Christ's holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I have found it's hard to stand firm on squishy ground. Have you figured that out? Have you ever been walking? And I, it seems like tennis shoes are most susceptible to this. And you stepped in that place that wasn't quite firm. And when you removed your foot, your shoe stayed placed in the mud. I've done that with muck boots before, and that's not a good thing when that happens. It's hard to stand firm. I heard a story about a, a man who was walking deep in the woods on a trail, and he came across a guy, and the guy was neck deep in a mud hole right in the middle of the trail. The fellow that saw this said, my goodness, you're in trouble. That mud is deep. To which the man replied, you have no idea. I'm still on my horse. <laughs> it's deep. I want us to understand the mud that is around us is deep and it's sticky. And it's hard to stand firm. It's easy to get sucked in. It, it's easy to step our foot in the wrong place and it to grab us and want to hold on. In our passage this morning, he begins talking 
to the elders. And, and some commentaries I read have suggested possibly there's two definitions of elders. We know that the elder goes all the way back to Moses and the 70 that he appointed to help judge when the children of Israel were still in the wilderness. And the elders is a Jewish term that came into the early church. We know it was an office, a pastoral office as it were. And there's certainly indications that he's referring to that pastoral office. But then when he mentioned youngers the way he did in the Greek, some were just suggesting that maybe the elders were the elder, the older folks in the faith, and the younger were the youngers. Whatever it was, there's a call. And, and there's an interesting thing that I heard this week as I was, you know, when you're preparing to preach, you always kind of have your antennas up. You know, you're always kind saying, Lord, send something this way. That'd be sweet to help me. And, and I think he did this past Tuesday morning. I was in a, a gathering. I've shared with you that there are a group of pastors that are meeting to pray and have been for over five years that meet every other Tuesday. And we pray for God to send revival. We pray for God to... To, to bless the churches in Sanford and to send his spirit and to guard against the folks that uh, would challenge that. And we've been doing that for a long time. And, and in that meeting that we had this week, there was a former SWAT officer, a, a police officer that had served on the strategical team in Tennessee, I believe it was. And he made this comment, know your role. Know your role. Know what your responsibility to God is. Understand your role. And he went on to tell about how right before the SWAT team was to enter into a, a difficult place, a dangerous place, a place where they were anticipating the use of deadly force. Just before they kicked that door in, it would go through the ranks, know your role. Remember your role. Know your role. What were they saying? We're about to go into a place that all we really have is each other and our training. We don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what we're going to face, but we know how we're going to face it. We know what we're going to do. We know what our training has taught us to do. We know what we're going to do. We know what we're not going to do. We know where we're going to go. And you could hear the passion as he told this story. And he said, man, we could go into a building against a thousand. There being six of us. And we could move through that building and clear it. We remember to know our role. And I couldn't help but begin to think about that. Stand firm in your faith. Know your role. Know that when we go out into this world, we've got a responsibility. We've got a duty. Know what to do. Know what not to do. Know your role. That's what he was saying when he told them to exercise oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering, but as an example to go out and live your faith. I wonder today, do we know our roles? What would happen if this week you had to take an airline flight and all of a sudden you heard there was a meeting of the, the staff of the airplane and they said, you know, 
we were thinking the stewardess has always wanted to fly this plane. And the pilots always wondered what it would be like to serve drinks and peanuts. So they're going to switch today. She's going to fly and he's going to serve. I don't know what you'd do, but I'd say, time out, I want to get off the plane. I, I don't think that's what I want to do. You see, they're both important to the flight. They're both important to it being a good experience, to that company staying in business. And yet, there's a call to know your role. I, I wonder sometimes if we as church know our role. I'm going to go to meddling for just a little bit. You know, we have a fragment of a program that was started in the 50s. Did you know that? We've got a fragment of a program. If you're here and you're old enough to remember training union, would you slip up your hand? Y'all look around. In, these are your elders, okay? These are your elders. They remember a part of a program. Can you imagine if you were to go into any other organization that was built on one solid program and, and just sort of gut some of it out, just sort of take some of it out and throw it away. But you see, training union, you remember it, don't you? Usually on Sunday nights, right before evening worship. Training union was a time when we trained our leaders to lead. We trained Sunday school teachers to be Sunday school teachers. We trained teachers how to teach. We trained folks in committees how to be on committees. And so we decided that that wasn't any, that we didn't need that anymore. I don't, I remember when it happened. I was young and I thought it was great. I didn't have to go to church as much on Sunday nights. I was all for it. But how do we teach our teachers? Now, we've got some wonderful Sunday school teachers, but how do we train you? How do we come alongside you? How do we help you? You know how? We don't. We don't. And when we offer it, you, you don't really want it. Because when we offer it, you don't come. I told you I'd gone to meddling. But it's because we've got a program that we've changed, and now it's become our new program. But it's not quite where it needs to be. I don't think. You see, I wonder the church that we're passing on to the next generation. That's what he's talking about. What kind of church are we giving? Are we giving a church that has a cost? Or are we giving a cheap church? A church that's already been done. You don't have to do much. I'm not sure we can stand firm in the mud of this world if we don't properly prepare ourselves as God's people. And that's what this church is here to help us do, is to prepare us for battle, to, to train us to know our role. N not for in here. This is where we come to learn. I mean, I mean you know, you can make mistakes if you're on the SWAT team in training and an instructor might just chew you out. But when you make a mistake in the field, somebody might die. Know your role. We're born to stand firm and to understand 
Do you know who we stand firm against? He tells us in verse 8, he says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, your enemy, your opponent, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want you to think for just a moment. How many of us here know of someone who was at least walking the walk? They were involved in church. They were involved in trying to learn. They were involved in trying to be a believer. They were involved in the journey. And something happened. And they stopped. And they quit. And they went a different way. Should we blame the Lord? Is it the Lord's fault? Should we talk about the Lord having some wonderful plan and this was just part of God's plan? We don't usually talk that way. I sometimes become concerned when we talk like that when someone dies. But he tells us where evil comes from. He tells us where the problems come. He tells us when we're devoured where it comes from. He says it's at the devil's feet. How many of you saw the devil last week? Or the week before? He's invisible, isn't he? Sorry, rascal. It'd be great if he had a red suit, red horns, a long tail, and a pitchfork and had to wear it all the time. And whenever he tempted us, he had to come in that persona. And we'd say, well, I believe you're the devil. I don't believe I want to do that. But he doesn't come to us like that, does he? He, he, he slips in the back door through the cracks somehow. I, I don't know how he does it. But let me tell you, the devil's here at church today. You know that? The devil's right beside you. In fact, he might be nestling so close right now. And if anybody here, if listen, if anybody here is thinking about making some life change for God Almighty, I want you to know the devil is wrapping his arms around you right now and saying, don't you dare do that. You don't want to do that. Don't walk down that aisle. Don't make that decision. Don't you? You know, they don't go down the altar very much at Flat Springs. Folks will think you're a fool. Don't you dare go down that altar. You just stay where you are. This will pass. Preacher's about done. It'll be over in a minute, and you'll be all right. And we'll go to McDonald's, and we'll get off of this. Come on, we're good. Just hang in there with me just a few more minutes. we got to make a decision, you and I. we got choices to make. Do we know our role? Are we ready when we walk out that door and it's no longer training? It's the real deal? And our families are at stake? And our lives are at stake? And our neighbors are at stake? And the gospel being proclaimed as it ought to be proclaimed is at stake? Are we ready? Do we know our role? That's what he's asking us. Resist him. 
You see, I want us to very quickly look at our mind and our spirit and our body. Proverbs 23, 7 says in the New King James Version, For as a man thinks, so is he. The entry of God Almighty into your heart, into your life, through your head right here. He doesn't come through your knee. Your knee may hurt and you may think about it, but he comes through your brain, okay? He doesn't come in your in, in any other way except through your thoughts. But what do you let into your thoughts? Words, you know? For instance, right now, if I say apple, how many of you can see an apple? See, your mind, it, it will take what it hears and it'll make a decision. It'll make a choice. The mind, how we think, that, that's how we are. So we must decide, you and I, whether we live by faith or not. And, and I started to say by worlds, and I started to give, but you know what? Here's, here's the reality. We're either going to live by our Christian faith or something else. <laughs> and, and, man, we can make all kinds of choices as to what that might be. So Peter is simply saying to this church that is struggling under persecution, growing, we think this may be the embryonic stages in the Bible of the persecution that is about to fall on the church with a vengeance. But he says, I want you to understand that as you think, that's how you've got to first resist the devil. You're either going to meet the devil by faith. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you, it, it, I want to give you something that is so powerful, but it's so simple. I'm not sure you're going to believe it's powerful. I want to say that again. I want to give you something. It's extremely simple. It's extremely simple. It's very simple. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is simple, but it's powerful. It's powerful. You ready for it? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You know what Satan does every time you pray that prayer? He gets behind you. Isn't that wonderful? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when I pray in the spirit of almighty God and I say, get behind me, Satan, he doesn't have an option. He's got to go. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? Resist the devil. The devil was all over us last week. And we didn't even see him. We didn't even know he was there. Because he's subtle. And when we begin to, to allow our mind to focus, we talk about reading scripture, reading scripture, reading scripture. But guys, it works. It works. It works. It is God's way. Read the scriptures and he'll give you strength to resist the devil. And that's what we need to do. You want to stand firm? 
learn how to resist because when you let it into your mind and the Holy Spirit begins to work into us, then it changes all of us. I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. He says, for God has done what the law weakened by flesh could not do. God has fulfilled the plan through Jesus Christ. He says, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. And I want you to listen to what he says right here. I'm in verse 5 of Romans 8. If you want to go read this this afternoon. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Did you hear that? Oh, what a time for us to do a little introspection right now. Listen to this again. For those who live according to the flesh, to the world, to the things of this world, to doing it in our own strength, to doing it ourselves, we set our minds on the things of the flesh. And then there's a but. But those who live according to the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit, capital S. Do you see that? That's our choice, isn't it? For to set your mind on the flesh is death, Paul says, but to set your mind on the Spirit is life and peace. That's God's Word. You believe it? That's what He says. That's where the happiness is. That's where the joy is. That's where the deliverance is. That's where the overcoming is. That's where understanding and knowing your role will be found. In verse 7 he says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed it cannot. Those who are of the flesh, they cannot please God. Powerful words, but if we set our minds on the Spirit, and he gives us a very powerful list, and I'm just going to very shortly look at it, humble. He says, if you'll humble yourselves, you see, he says that at the end of verse 5 and the beginning of verse 6, humble yourself. And he says, if you look at it, under the, the, mighty, God of, uh, the mighty hand of God, in fact, let's look back up at, at 5 where he says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. That word is a weird, it's a weird Greek word to be used here because it, it's a tying garment. It's a garment that you tie. It's actually an apron. It's actually an apron that often a slave would wear when they were serving. And, and you, you, you know, we're reading Peter, right? You remember Peter? Do you remember when Jesus put on an apron? You remember in the upper room when they finished eating the Passover meal. And Jesus girded himself. He tied on a garment. And he washed the disciples' feet. The most humbling task there could be, Jesus did. You remember what Peter said? <laughs> Peter said, Lord, you, you, can't, you can't wash my feet. I, no. I should be washing your feet. You, you're not. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part in me. Peter might have remembered when he said that. I just think when he wrote those, humble yourselves. Folks, the one thing the devil's doing right now in this sanctuary is saying, don't you dare humble yourself. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be proud. Be proud. 
Be proud. Our text says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You hear Satan say, be proud. Don't, don't, don't humble it. What will people think? People will say, oh, you just put, you, you're, not, you're not sincere. You're not sincere. Be proud. Be proud. That's not God. Get behind me, Satan. Humble yourselves. Casting your anxieties. This is a spiritual thing, not a physical, not a mental. Anybody come into the sanctuary today with any anxiety? I didn't think so. Every one of us. Every one of us. Anxious about this, that, or the other. Anxious about the future. Anxious about what has happened, what hasn't happened. Anxious about what might happen, what might not happen. Anxiety, oh my goodness, it's everywhere. He says, cast your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Let me tell you another truth about the devil. The devil doesn't care for you. The devil wants to use you up, but the devil doesn't have any love in his heart for you. But God Almighty does. God cares for you and me. Be sober-minded and be watchful. Sober-minded is a decision to keep ourselves, you know, you can become intoxicated on drugs, you can become intoxicated on alcohol, you can become intoxicated on power, you can become intoxicated on your own way and your own will. He says, be sober-minded. Think the way God thinks. Don't think the way you've been trained through the fog of intoxication to think. But be sober-minded. And be watchful. Now, I've already told you the devil's here in church with you. i got to tell you something else. He's going home with you, too. Okay? He's going home. He's going to be in the car waiting on you when you get there. He's going to ride with you to wherever you go. You remember the four words? You remember the four words? Get behind me, Satan. How do you do that? Well, you can do it right now because I got it on your brain. Amen. Hallelujah. I got you 30 seconds, maybe three minutes. I might even have an hour and to some, I might even have a day. But what about tomorrow? When the powerful resonating words of this sermon no longer are resonating and the alarm clock's gone off and that schedule is staring you in the face, what about then? We sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely, what? Dim in the light 
of his glory and grace. That's how. Fill your mind with the Lord. Find a way to change your pattern. If your pattern is not starting your day with the Lord, if it's not finding a way to connect with the Lord during the day, if it's not keeping yourself with some watchwords like our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Take the words of the Bible off the page and put them in your heart. And you will stand and you will say often, get Behind me, Satan. And then and then alone will you stand firm in the faith. Peter was right. Humble yourself. Casting yourself on God. Filling yourself up sober-mindedly. That if I'm going to fight a spiritual battle against the devil, the way I'm going to win is with the power of Almighty God. And he has revealed to me everything I need to fight the battle. This is my SWAT team manual. This is where I'll learn my role and know what I'm supposed to do. And now we're about to leave. I want you to be careful out there. I want you to be careful out there. As I'm about to say amen and send you out to a dangerous place. Because there's a lion out there seeking to devour you. Moms and dads, your children. Husbands, your wives. Wives, your husbands. Neighbors, friends. And it breaks my heart. But that line is well fed. You hear what I'm saying? That line is well fed. He is devouring people every day in this country. Resist the devil. I love that verse. Firm in your faith, knowing the same kind of sufferings being experienced. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I didn't even get to all that. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Blessed be the name. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you know, as a pastor, Lord, right now, this is kind of a scary time for me because I felt your spirit in this place. And it's time for us to make decisions. Somebody needs to make a public decision for you. All of us need to make some private decisions for you. All of us need to examine some things in our life make some choices. All of us got some habits that we need to, to give up or, or begin to, to bring them, casting those anxiety of those bad habits on you, oh God. Maybe we need to do that at this altar today. But Lord, right now while your spirit is speaking 
there's a lion's roar in the background. And so it's time for us to decide who shall we listen to and who shall we follow. You know the need of every heart. You know every decision, Lord, that if it were made for you would make a difference in a person's life and in their family and in all that will come in contact with them. And now, Lord, you call us to decision. May we stand up and be counted as we say, Here am I, Lord. Get behind me, Satan. Hear my Lord. Use me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision is page 464, Close to Thee. I don't know what God is saying to you this morning, but I have sensed his presence in our worship. May we respond as we stand together. Again, we are glad that you're here with us on this day, and we want to invite you to come back and be with us again. Uh, at, on our uh, rails here, we have a
policy that uh, we'll be presenting in our business meeting in a couple of weeks, but it's a child safety and child and youth safety policy that uh, we have a group that have been working on that for several months in uh, conversation with our insurance with some things that are available to help us make sure this is a safe and good place. Uh, and it's a shame that there's a lion out there devouring even our children. And we've got to guard against that. And so we're going to put some policies in place that churches throughout uh, the land are doing. And, and they're good policies. So you can get a copy of those and read them and, and be prepared to vote on that in our business meeting as well. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, I pray for every man and woman, every boy and girl, as we open these doors and go out into the world, Lord, would you go with us? Would you give us wisdom? Would we seek that wisdom? Would we invite you often in our day to walk with us? And Lord, your Holy Spirit will strengthen us for the journey. Bring us back next week at the allotted times when we need to be here to serve or to worship. God, go with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Go in Christ's love.